0: Welcome to the Vibrant Living Podcast with Stacey Harmer. I'm so grateful you're here. I'm a certified holistic health, creation, and life coach, and passionate about creating a vibrant life. We'll have conversations about nourishing your body, heart, mind, and soul, discovering your purpose and passion, and sharing your gifts with the world. Thanks for tuning in today. This is episode number 41, How I Came to Know My Savior. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the podcast. So good to connect with you. We are almost to Christmas and I just thought I've got to sit down and record my podcast. In fact, we just got home from doing a little bit of shopping and it was a really crowded. <laughs> I had to take a little breather and do a quiet meditation so I could come and be calm as I share with you today. But Christmas is always such a magical time. So much fun. I have loved getting together with our children, our grown children. We always do this Nazarene dinner. We do a fun gift exchange. And this year we did all these Christmas minute to it activities and games. It was so fun. Another tradition we've done is always gone to the festival of trees and, ah, I may have talked about that in another podcast, but oh my gosh, I love that place. And I love that experience. There's so much love poured into that event in every single tree. Of course, my mother's heart is just always open and um, really touched as I see memories and the memorabilia of those that they are honoring on those trees anyway that was really a special time of course we got to go to the christmas concert with the tabernacle choir and i get to see my husband sing and that oh my goodness such a beautiful spirit that that brings and um my daughter last night we got to go to matt and savannah's christmas concert and i love following them if you don't know who matt and savannah shaw are you've got to check them out Go to YouTube and, and Google that or go to their Instagram page. They are a father-daughter doodle that um, came out of obscurity during COVID and have had a remarkable career the last few years. It's been so fun to watch them. And of course, Christmas Eve, looking forward to that. We're gathering with lots of family and we always, we have a special dinner, a story, and we do the nativity scene. So super meaningful things for the holidays. In fact, this morning when I woke up, my daughter- said, Merry Christmas, Adam, mom. And I'm like, oh, she's like, yes, Christmas, Adam is the day before Christmas Eve. Adam comes before Eve. So it's Christmas, Adam today, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, and then we have Christmas. (laughs) So we celebrated Christmas, Adam today. Well, I have been involved in personal development for a number of years, a lot of years. And today I wanted to talk to you about how I came to know my savior. But the greatest transformation I have had has not come from all of the study and all of the personal things that um, I've been working on for years, but it has come through my knowledge and relationship with my savior, Jesus Christ. That has been my absolute greatest transformation. I decided to share this with you today because here comes you know Christmas. Like, what, what do I talk about? This is like one of the most deeply personal, most important things to me in my life. And of course, there's a lot of important things in, in my life, my family, but the core of who I am starts here. And so I I decided I wanted to share how I came to know him. Okay, He is my best friend, my confidant, my captain, my companion. <laughs> I've heard it said, how do you make God or Christ first in your life? And I say, make him first in your day. Our days create our life. So that time is actually spending intentional time. It wasn't always this way for me. Okay, I always had a reverence and love and appreciation for our Savior Jesus Christ. I always have. But it wasn't really until my daughter's passing. My daughter, Olivia's passing, you know, I was 40 years old when she passed and I've talked about the number 40 and the meaning of 40 and that is transformation. And 40 is a time of preparation. I feel like my daughter's passing gave birth to my mission. So interesting. And I've, I've decided to believe that I've decided that in the grand design that, that we agreed to this journey together. That's the only way I can explain it. So once again, I always had a love for my Savior and my Father in Heaven. But that was pretty much it. So the morning our sweet young daughter unexpectedly passed away. As you know, I won't recount that whole experience. It was traumatic. It was devastating. It was horrific. But after they took my sweet daughter from my arms, after my husband had gathered our family and um, the children said goodbye to our daughter and it would just blindsided all of us after we knelt in prayer. I was in shock, complete shock and trauma. Well, I found a quiet spot in my home. I was holding what felt like a million shattered pieces to my heart. As I began praying, I thought, of Jesus Christ. I was praying to my Father in Heaven, but the thought came very clearly to me. There is a Savior, and He has an atonement, or He did an atonement. I really had never deliberately or actively tried to put the atonement to work in my life. I just knew it was there. I knew it was a gift, but I had never personalized it. I began to cry out to my Savior for help. I knew That he had atoned not only for every sin, but for every weakness, heartache, burden, sorrow, mistake, and every other thing that we could think of. As I did this in prayer, I was at a point of great anguish. I felt a warm surge just cover my body, bearing witness to me that all would be well. I wish I knew more, you know, at that time, what that meant, but it, I was, I was so shattered, but I had this warmth just envelop me and this knowledge that it was all going to be okay. Well, in the days, weeks, and months that followed Olivia's passing, I couldn't sleep at night. I would get up in the middle of the night and go down to my living room. And I began praying and just pouring out my heart. I needed someone to talk to that knew how I felt. I needed someone to grieve with and carry my burden. We had this beautiful picture of the savior hanging on a wall. So I still have it in my living room. But each night I would take it off the wall and I would set it down on the floor near me. I would pour out my heart to him as a friend. I've never done this before. I didn't know what else to do. I did not know how to survive this. But I would cry out to him. I knew that he was the only one that could get me through this. As my relationship with him started changing and becoming very personal, he began pouring blessings into my life so much that I couldn't even hold all of them. My cup runneth over. And I truly developed a personal relationship with him. That's the best way to describe it. It was like he, I know that he loves the brokenhearted. His mission is to heal. He wants to manifest himself, his power, all, all that he can give us that will actually blow our mind was an awe of his majesty. I didn't know that it was possible to come to know him so personally. But with God, anything is possible. There was a spiritual leader that shared an experience of a question being asked to a group of seasoned missionaries. What the greatest need in the world was? Well, one wisely responded, it's not the greatest need in all the world for every person to have a personal Ongoing, daily, continuing relationship with the Savior. Having such a relationship can unchain the divinity within us, and nothing can make a greater difference in our lives as we come to know and understand our divine relationship with God. This is what the spiritual leader said. We should earnestly seek not just to know about the master, just not know all the details, this is who he was, but to strive as he invited to be one with him as it says in John 17:21 to be strengthened with his might and his spirit of the inner man and that's in Ephesians 3:16 i've heard it said before that god will never give us more than we can handle but i've come to believe that oftentimes times he does he does it through our trials and challenges because it is then that we can humbly acknowledge that on our own we are nothing. You know, up until that time, I felt very self-sufficient. I felt very accomplished like I could handle life and anything throughout threw me. And honestly, up to that point in my life, I really had I um but it was when I went through this experience that I understood that there was nothing I could do. I was completely dependent upon him and his healing and his grace. And it was a game changer for me. I understood that at a very, very personal level. So the first letter of the, a al- um, Hebrew alphabet is, is Aleph. Hey, okay? Aleph. And that, that means one, and it means mighty and powerful. Okay. So the symbol in the Hebrew alphabet, it has these, the meanings and it has symbols. The symbol is an ox. Well, an ox doesn't carry a load on its own. Oxen work in pairs and are joined by a yoke. So in Matthew, it states, take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Whenever we join yoke, with the Savior, we are promised that we will find rest to our souls. So that's an amazing, an amazing analogy. An amazing, um, you know, what the Lord has said to, to take his yoke upon us. Like, let him take, shoulder the burden that we are carrying. Take my yoke upon you. Take it and he can carry for his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So at this Christmas time, I think of how much our father in heaven must just be so happy and grateful that we pause and reflect upon his son. So it's interesting because I feel like I may have a tiny sliver of understanding of this. After Olivia's passing, I desperately wanted her memory to live on. She was an amazing child, an amazing human that lived a full life in her five years. I knew that she was a chosen angel. She Even bringing her to our family was such a spiritual experience. But since her passing was just a little more than a week before Christmas, we decided to make ornaments with her picture on them and give them to our ward members, expressing gratitude for the mm, influence they had in her life. I wanted them to remember her. I was so humbled and touched that at the anniversary of her passing, every month for that first year, we would receive something at our doorstep, flowers, or card, or gifts, people remembered. They remembered the anniversary. And then at the six-month anniversary, I walked outside to go for my early morning walk, and my lawn was covered with rose petals. Rose petals and homemade butterflies were hanging all over our trees. And they, this dear group of people that had our hearts, Um, wanted us to know that they remembered Olivia six months to the day. Those were her symbols, flowers and butterflies. She had a paper that she wrote in preschool. May there always be, the teacher asked. And she said, butterflies and flowers. And the teacher wrote that out. And she drew all these butterflies and flowers. So that is my symbol for Olivia. And it meant so much to me to think that others would remember her on that sacred date. It meant the world to us. So I just have a glimpse of what our Father in Heaven must feel when we pause and remember our Savior, remember his life, remember his sacrifice, remember his birth. Not only him, but of course, our Savior too, that gave gave all. So when we think and ponder or meditate on the Savior, um, that's, that's the time I feel like that changes us. Something changes us. You know, years ago, Handel composed the masterpiece and unparalleled Messiah. He was a spiritual recluse for 24 days. And after he scored the hallelujah chorus, he called his servant and exclaimed, I did think I did see all heaven before me and the great God himself. Following one of the performances, a friend remarked that he had been entertained. And Hanel replied that he would be very sorry if he only entertained them. His wish was to make them better, to change them. Likewise, the Savior is anxious for the atonement to make us better. He may be disappointed if we are simply in awe of him with no thought of changing ourselves through his power and through the atonement, we can become whole new creatures in Christ by doing this, by meditating, by whatever means we go to and desire. It changes us. You know, after Olivia's passing, I did go on a deep spiritual journey. I knew where she was, and I desired more than ever to be worthy, to be able to be with her someday. I began evaluating my life and seeking the Lord's help and knowing who I needed to forgive or seek forgiveness from. I bear witness that he is anxious to help us repent and be clean before him. I love what President Russell Nelson says, discover the joy of daily repentance, I had a taste of what he could give me and I wanted to cleanse my vessel to receive all that I possibly could from him. It was so interesting. So when I went on this journey and prayed to understand what I needed to do to change in my life, well, I was given a dream two nights in a row. And in that dream were two individuals that I had not thought about for at least 15 years It happened to be a former brother-in-law that had left my sister and her five children. He left her and married someone else, the secretary. When I saw them in my dream, I was like so dumbfounded because I didn't even think it was my issue. I literally hadn't thought of them for many, many years. But I wasn't even aware that I was withholding my forgiveness. I was oblivious. But when I thought about it, I do remember that I was not happy with him or his new wife. I was upset. I held resentment towards them for what had happened. I was taught something and that I knew I needed to forgive. So I love the quote from President Ukdorf. It says Heaven is filled with those who have this in common they are forgiven and they forgive. You know, I know the Lord is anxious, anxious to grant us spiritual gifts and blessings as we come before him and clean before him. It's dependent upon us and our willingness to seek and to desire those spiritual gifts. So Joseph Smith, who was the first prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, he was asked by a gentleman if it's okay to get baptized, but not seek after spiritual gifts. And this is how he responded. That would be like going um to a banquet of, and it had a lot of food on the table. It would be like admiring and looking at this huge spread of food and then turning and leaving without tasting it. It would leave you hungry. Wow, well, I know that spiritual gifts are abundant, and they are ours. For the asking, for the seeking. In fact, we are even commanded to, um, you know, seek and covet the best spiritual gifts. And I tell you, when we are hungry for them and willing to sacrifice and surrender, the Lord can show us things and teach us in ways that um, that are very special, very sacred. And it's how I've come to know Him. In fact. One of my favorite quotes is from David L. McKay, who says, we pay too little attention to the value of meditation, a principle of devotion. Meditation is one of the most secret, most sacred doors through which we pass into the presence of the Lord. So spending time, when I said how I've come to know my Savior, it's that time I get to spend with him that I deliberately do. Every night before I fall asleep, every morning when I wake up. And um, so grateful. You know, I really admire C.S. Lewis' insights and writings. He struggled to understand how an omnipotent being could allow such suffering in the world. Lewis suffered much pain in his life. But with the change of his worldview from atheism to Christianity, he looked at God as a good, conscientious surgeon. He said, the kinder and more conscientious he is, the more inexorably he will go on cutting. If he yielded to his entreaties, if he stopped before the operation was complete, all the pain up to that point would be useless. Wow, that quote, (laughs) that changed me. You know, if God is a surgeon, he's not going to quit halfway. We do go through heartache in our lives, pain. There's no one that gets through this earth without it. Even amidst trials and tribulation, we can find peace. That's finding that light within each one of us. And there's so many sources from that. I am grateful. I just for my relationship you know, um I it is like I said, that daily time that has changed me. It's when we get a taste that he is there, that he is real, that he is listening, that we can connect and he might speak to us in many there's many ways he can speak to us through scripture, through music, through being in nature. But if we quiet our minds enough, we can hear him. And he can speak to us in our thoughts and all sorts of things. And I started this practice with before I go to bed, of course I kneel down and say my prayers with my father. And I climb in bed. And when I'm drifting, finally drifting off to sleep, it's this time that I connect with my savior as the friend that he is to me. And I connect him with him through the day as the friend that. Is my companion, and in the morning before I get out of bed, I connect with them. I tell you, as I have done this, I'm so grateful because I get, I get a lot of inspiration. I get a lot of personal revelation doing this. And as I do it, I have, I have journals and journals that I have kept at my bedside, or my phone at my bedside. And then as I receive, I record, and I. I'm so I record because I want, I want my father, I want my savior to, to know how grateful I am for it. I'm hungry for it. It it fills my soul like nothing else. I record it. It gives me direction. It's why I do what I do in my family. It's why I do what I do in everyday life in showing up for coaching. I follow the promptings. So as I list, as I connect and listen and hear and record and I, I do my best to act upon it. I'm not always perfect because sometimes it's hard to do it all, but I, I try to act upon it. And as I do, I continue to receive more. To me, that that's like the, the, the revolving door of receiving that. And it's been such an incredible blessing. It was one of those early morning hours that I was awakened and often I'm awake in the night and all of a sudden, it's my connecting time. It's the time that I get to be taught. Well, one of those early morning hours is when I was told I had another daughter. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was, I'm i not going to tell you my age, but I'm up there. I don't feel like it, but yeah. I had never even considered another child. I have grandchildren. I was told what her name was. And there's a whole story behind that to be named after our, my sweet niece who had passed, who I know and had an experience that was connected with my daughter, Olivia. That journey, like when we, anyway, that's a whole other story because, oh, okay. Sometimes the Lord asks us things that we don't expect. And, but when we surrender and, and try our best to trust, he can take us on a journey unlike anything we can create for ourselves he can make so much more out of our lives than we can on our own. And that's what I do know. It's not easy. I tell you, being a disciple of Christ is not an easy journey. We give it all to him and we strive. We're not perfect at it, absolutely. But we we strive to do that. And he loves to connect and show us his blessings. And one of the things I've been saying Lately, in my head, all, all the time is I look for and see miracles everywhere around me, and I do, and they show up, and it's the lens I am choosing to live um, through and the, choosing to look through. So I just wanted to share that with you. That's how I came to know my Savior. It was through deep personal um, pain. It was through crying out because I knew I could not do it alone. I could. I knew I was nothing. I knew that it took him to rescue me, to rescue, to heal my heart, to heal our lives. And I was powerless before him. And in doing so, he lifted me in ways that lifted and and blessed in ways that I can't even imagine. But it's the continual journey. It wasn't just that. It's that He's now present in my life. He can be in all of our lives. He wants to be. You guys, the, the veil is thin, not only thin, it's lifted. We are preparing. I'm going to just say it like it is. And to the heart of, to the core of my heart and my belief is we are preparing for his coming. And I'm raising my hand like I want to be part of all of it. And it's exciting and it's challenging. And it's an incredible opportunity and mission. And that's what why I get up every day in my life. And, and I love what I do. I love connecting. I love helping women wake up to who they are and to whose they are and to their knowledge that they have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And don't miss out on this opportunity that we have. That we have to be personally connected with the Savior, if you desire. Oh my goodness! Give him your heart. Let him show the miracles in your life. Anyway, I talk more about this. This is deep. It's personal. It's beautiful. But it's it's. I'm not special for it. It's available to all of us, and I'm just so grateful. It is. It is the core of who I am. I love my Savior. I love. Christmas, and sometimes that can be busy. And I'm like, oh, am I taking that time? But like I said at the beginning, how do we make Christ, how do we make God first in our lives? Make them first in your days. Carve out just those few minutes in the morning before you get going, just to spend time with them. I close my eyes, I breathe, I meditate, I imagine going to this simple place, sitting together. I pour my heart out. Hey, they want to know, want to hear. I pour my heart out and um, open up my heart and ears to what the messages that come back. So anyway, I hope this has been helpful. I hope that, um, that you are doing well and that you find your beautiful connection. And however that is, my husband's connection with the Savior the father is through music and he can't hardly even talk about some of the music that he sings without getting emotional. And honestly, for the first probably 20 years of our marriage, 25 years, I, I saw him cry less than, you know, the number on my think, my hand, like less than five times. Like it was never, ever emotional, but, but since being in the choir and the songs touch his heart so deeply, he fills his spirit so deeply. So it's so personal, so individual how the Lord speaks to us, how we start seeing his miracles in our lives, but be open to it. Seek the spiritual gifts. There are many spiritual gifts that we can have, and you can desire them if you desire for a purpose. If there's visions and dreams and all sorts of things, there's a book that I love and have studied, and it's, I'm trying to, I thought it was right here, but it's about seeking spiritual gifts. And there's so many promises that I think often we are leaving things on the table. We don't understand the, um, what we have available to us, but it takes that daily kind of giving it to the Lord, the repentance. And for me, it's like, Oh, why am I not connecting? Sometimes I'm like, Oh, does it feels like there's a big wall there. And I'm so not perfect, but you know what I am perfect at? (laughs) And I can tell you this, I'm perfect at every day asking for forgiveness, every day seeking forgiveness for my sins, my mistakes, my impatience, all the things. I am so far from perfect, but I know and have experienced because I seek it so much. My connection with him, when it feels like there's a huge wall, I'm like, what do I need to change in my life? What do I need to, you know, cleanse or whatever? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally lost my patience. I am so sorry. Like, I'm like my, my girls know I'm like, I'm sorry. At the moment, I, you know, I probably lost my patience, but I ask for forgiveness a lot. <laughs> and as we do that, the Lord is so, 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 so willing to forgive. Cleanse us because he wants that connection. But if we are holding on to grudges, resentment, bitterness, anger, we are putting a huge wall in our ability to connect with God, with Christ. It's only hurting us when we can work through that and let that go. Oh my gosh, the beauty, the tenderness, the relationship that we can have heart to heart is incredible, but it really is us. And it's our journey. (laughs) Anyway, that's something I've learned. So it's like, what's going on? Okay. Oh yeah. I gotta, I gotta do some work on myself and it doesn't, it's not hard. It's remembering and asking and having a change of heart. It's like, I, this, I've heard this phrase, we're born with a soft heart and our goal is to leave this earth with a soft heart. But when we hold on to any of those negative emotions, okay, it hardens our hearts and sometimes we are terribly wronged by other people and we can it's okay to feel the anger the hurt the resentment it is absolutely okay to do it i'm not i'm not saying forget about it no oh my gosh we feel it we're humans and it's okay but we have to learn to process it okay and not keep us stuck into this darkness we feel it we process it we, we work through it, and we can bring peace to our lives no matter how wronged you have been, okay? There's so much sadness, but even with all of that, you can come and be completely at peace, completely at one with Christ, and know that he gets to take care of all of that, and your goal, our goal is to live in love, because in love, there's such great capacity. There's the world is so huge, we get to experience so much. But when we are holding on to this other, we are becoming small, we're closing in our world, becoming small, and our experiences, our influence, and our impact becomes small. Okay, so if we can anyway, oh, I could just go on and on and on. <laughs> So anyway, I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me open up my heart and share with you some of the deepest, most most tender, personal things that I have in my heart. And that is my knowledge, my absolute knowledge, witness, and testimony that Jesus Christ lives. He lives. He lives now. He is aware. He, I don't know how, but this God you know, his power, he's can connect with every single one of us. I remember I've had women say, I don't know. I don't want to take too much of his time. No, he has the ability to connect with every single person at whatever level. And I'm like, okay, I guess I, <laughs> I don't know. Just, uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about taking too much of his time. He has all of it to give. Okay. So Okay. Anyway, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I could go on forever, but I am grateful for him. My witness and testimony that he lives, that we can know him personally, personally, that when we decide that we can sacrifice something, you know, sometimes we get so caught up in the world. It's the worldly things that keep us, keep us distracted. Like all the things there's so much that it's like, we almost forget about this other, but there's a whole nother world. That is so rich and personal and deep and meaningful and incredible that if we can loosen our grip on the the world here, that is taking our minds and our hearts and open up to the spirit of what of what he's willing to do, be be prepared for your mind to be blown. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. I love you. Thank you for joining in. I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And if you're listening to this after Christmas. I love you. I hope 2023 is your best year yet. I'm declaring that it's going to be my best year yet. And as I pondered about 2022, I'm like, oh my gosh, this could have been my best year yet. It's been incredible. Has it been perfect? No. Have been There have been heartache, yes. All the things, we're human. We're going to have 50-50. But as I started reviewing my year, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe what happened this year and what was accomplished and the things that I did like blew my mind. So speaking of that, I'm offering a free workshop, Dare to Dream 2023, um, the week after Christmas on the 28th and 29th. I think that's Wednesday and Thursday, just for an hour each day and um, at 10 a.m. mountain time. And so I want you to join me. I will put in the link in the show notes here to, to register and come as a free workshop. If you want the recording, if you can't join us free, um yeah, I'm not sure. You know, <laughs> my Becoming program is also starting. That's been in the works too. And that's starting really right now. People are joining. I'm so excited. And I have a limited number of founding members that are getting in for an incredible price for everything they're getting. And oh my gosh, our planner is almost finished. And it it's going to be a game changer in your life. A daily tool with the tools that I'm going to be teaching that um, are going to change your life. But anyway, go to... Well, go in the show notes <laughs> and the link for the Dare to Dream. Come join us, and you can just even if you yeah register because I can send you some things and um, also let you have the recording if you can't make it live, okay. But you can also I'll have like a little worksheet sheet and things. But it's, we're gonna really reflect and look forward to our creation. You know, in the scripture it says, "Without a vision, the people perish." So I want you to start out 2023 with your big vision. Okay, it's it's going to be exciting. I'm so thrilled. I'm I'm beyond thrilled about 2023 and what is already happening. What is already happening in preparation for it. And I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm so excited to be connecting with so many of you. So thank you so much for coming along on this journey. And if you wanna, yeah, be, if you wanna be part of the Money becoming program and the found be a founder, because that will be closing within. I do Probably, anyway, this, I have a certain number that I'm allowing to be founders. Um, go stacyharmer.com backslash becoming. And that's all about my video. But at least join us. At least come to the free workshop for the dare-diggering. You're going to get a ton of value of that. And, um, yeah, click the link in the show notes and come join us. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Have a beautiful, beautiful Christmas. I love you. Bye-bye.